Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is a professional mindset coach and keynote speaker. They spent six years in prison for a crime they didn't commit, losing their family in the process. Now they help people to create resilience and overcome adversity to build the life that they desire. Welcome to the show, Mark Singer. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure having you. It's such an interesting story I think we're going to talk about today. But first of all, that was a, a very brief introduction, but contained quite a bit of information. Um, can you <laughs> yeah. tell the listeners more about yourself, what you do and how you help? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'm as you just said there, I'm a professional mindset coach um, and keynote talk speaker. And I specifically work with people who have gone through or going through some kind of challenge in life, adversity, problems, and who are looking for ways to navigate through those uh, creating resilience, inner strength, that sort of stuff, and mm. ultimately learn the skills and tools and techniques that I now use to create the life that I choose. Okay, so that you use kind of that from your own experience. How do you help people kind of in that space? Well, okay, that's uh, there's a bit of story there. I mean, without going into the full story, which we're going to come to in a minute, uh, I went through a lot of trauma and difficulty, and when I went through that period, I found coaching because i was having therapy i was having uh, counseling mm-hmm. and it wasn't really cutting the ice with me in terms of helping me move forward it was helping me identify beliefs and things in the past but it wasn't helping me in terms of how i felt and i found coaching and it was through my coach who i had at the time that i started coming out of myself more and found myself opening up emotionally and stuff like that and finding easier ways to move forward so but it's so deceiving around that time i'd um been thinking about coaching looking into it as, as as a career and so i did my research and turned out that i had the right attributes and skills to be, be a good coach so i i, I was going to just like you know set up as a coach but it was my coach who i had at the time basically said to me mark if you're going to do it do it properly so i thought you're right so i went on the icf website which is the international coaching federation website you'll know mm-hmm. um checked out all of the different schools on there and you know found the one that i liked the most or i thought was the best and enrolled and it cost me a lot of money at the time but the cost that i laid out then it was returned in priceless amounts since then because what they taught me was a philosophy and a way of being that has completely changed my life irrevocably forever right and it's now what i do with my clients help them do the same what it does essentially without or getting into all the technical side of it um is gives you a, helps you create a found a mental and emotional foundation in your life mm-hmm. so that you've got a tangible uh idea of how you're showing up in terms of your energy so your mind your thoughts your feelings and your actions are all intertwined yeah you're in control of your thoughts you're in control of your emotions you're in control of your actions mm. but how do you become in control of your thoughts and that takes yeah. a lot of work so yeah. i give the people the clients and they gave me the skills and tools and techniques to do that inner work on yourself 
and um, ultimately create a whole new way of the thinking and being and living, which when practiced, because that's the key thing here, yeah. when practiced consistently mm. brings you success and happiness in, in all areas of your life. So I worked at a philosophy that there's six different areas in our lives which influence how we show up mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, spiritually, and environmentally. Okay. Now, if one or more of those areas isn't functioning in one way, say something's draining your energy um, socially. Yeah. For instance, when COVID was happening. Yeah. That will drain the energy across all of these different areas. So you won't be showing up as your most productive because of something that's happening in a certain area of your life. If you work out what which area that is, yeah. fix the drain, your energy increases and your energy across the board also increases. So it's yeah. about learning where the, how you can find these drains manage them repair them fix them and then increase that energy in those different areas so it sounds quite complex but um but when you learn it and practice it and put it into you know day-to-day practice it is life-changing oh, it sounds it it sounds it because like you said you're bringing an awareness to yourself that mm-hmm. not just like you said it's interesting you said that was like the six areas because yeah. we might think maybe two three or four areas that we might be able to to kind Absolutely. of pinpoint but to actually cover all six areas and go, actually, is this mm. causing me any difficulties? Is Am I happy in this space? Is this fulfilling me? Exactly that. Yeah. And and we don't, we're often unconscious. We don't know these specific things because we will focus on whatever our initial problem is. Mm. When you dig under the surfaces, you'll also know as a coach, there's, it's often, it's not the problem that we're focusing on. It's actually whatever's going underneath the surface, our belief yeah. behind that. And so, when we delve into that subconscious and look at why we are the way we are, what limiting beliefs are we having? What assumptions are we having? What fears have we got? Mm-hmm. What interpretations have we got about whatever situation? Yeah. We're able to sort of switch our mind off from those and start creating our thoughts, our, mm-hmm. our beliefs okay. as we choose. And if you're able to do that in the moment, you're able to do that consistently over time as well, then you're creating the life that you choose. So it's essentially the law of attraction in action. Right. Because you're, but, you know, instead of this like woo-woo sort of stuff, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, it's not about, the law of attraction is about creating your belief system to support your vision. So it's not about visualizing and then create. You've got to have that belief in you to create whatever it is that you want in your life. And I'm not talking about nice cars and things like that. Uh, it's about the energetic feeling. So what is it we all want out of life? We want to feel totally fulfilled in life. So how do I go about creating that emotion? Mm-hmm. Why wait until I've got the yacht in the south of the France? Because I can create that emotion now. Yeah. That's <laughs> ultimately what we get from that. Yeah. And temporarily so, as well, like you said, when it's a, a physical thing that we are aspiring to, yeah, there's exactly. a temporary pleasure involved with that as well, isn't there? Not a, not a long-lasting fulfilment. And this is why you have so many people who on the surface are successful, millionaires and so on, who are just underneath the surface are the most miserable people on the planet mm. because they've got all the physical and the material stuff, but under, there's something missing. Mm. And that's their peace of mind. Mm. Because if you haven't got peace of mind and fulfillment in yourself, it doesn't matter what else you've got. You don't have to be a millionaire to be happy. Mm. So, you know, it's... It, 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 the creating that peace in our mind also changes your outward view of what you want, what what gives you happiness. Yeah, yeah. You, as you soon realise that, you know, it's not those big mansions and so on, and thousand burns or whatever it is that you think that you you want. Yeah, it's going to make you happy. Yeah, I guess that's the problem with maybe the society that 
It's but mm. I grew up in, especially. Mm, yeah. mm. Once you've got this, you'll be happy. Once you get that, you'll be happy. Once you do this. And it was all about aiming, striving to mm. get stuff. And rather than actually looking at yourself and go, okay, what really would make me happy? Uh, and how do I go about doing that? Instead. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, and 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 we are we're like doc, indoctrined by society to think and believe that happiness is created by uh, ex- external things, materialistic things, and it really isn't. Um, so, and and that and my and that is lined up with why probably we're talking about what we're doing here because it is in line with my story mm. because I used to be a very materialistic person. Right. I used to think about money all the time. It was only about creating material wealth for me and i could have easily gone back to that to be honest with you because i was a car de- i was in a car show when i was uh, i was their number one salesperson at the time mm-hmm. um and i was earning very good money mm-hmm. the hours are cr- crazy hours and you know there was a point you know after the prison thing which you're going to come to when i thought about going back there because i thought it had been easy to do that but i just thought no my intuition intuition something in a different direction and that was because i had this desire to give back firstly but also better myself and and help people mm-hmm. you know because i knew that i had a set of skills to do so and i knew also that the experience that i'd been through would obviously help other people too so yeah, that was my calling so to speak it fell in, fell into place okay and i guess it was great that you were able to to discover what that was it's interesting what you said as well i've, I've never heard the description of the law of attraction like could you just say what you said about the law of attraction again how you described that. what did i say now it's the law of attraction in action yeah but you see it's like it's a belief and, and something okay else. so yeah i use it when i'm working specifically with my clients right i use something called dba right it's an abbreviation it stands for desire belief accept okay okay now a lot of people out there there's all different levels of law of you can pick up a book and it will tell you just say to the universe at night what you want and it will suddenly, and you get the belief that it will suddenly happen and you don't have to, but what it doesn't say is that you have to address the current belief system that you've already got going on, which are blocking you, is blocking you. Yeah. The truth of the matter is none of us believe it. We're all, we've got, we're hardwired to be cynical, to doubt stuff, to judge stuff, to question everything. Mm. So if I, if you tell me, all oh, right, so you, you start believing something's going to happen. It will happen. I'm just going to go, yeah, all right. So in order for me to sort of align my vision, which is what I want, which is total fulfillment, happiness, uh, a life of love and so on. Yeah. That's what I want. I need to align the belief system with that vision. And that means rooting out the beliefs, the unhelpful beliefs that are blocking me. So I have to a become aware that I've got these in the first place yeah. because half the time we we just pretend yeah. that we're yeah we haven't got any problems yeah uh, we're not even problems but we haven't got any limiting beliefs well, we don't know about them do we? we because they generally sit in somewhere deep in your subconscious which then just yeah. manifests when but they influence everything mm. every thought we have is going to be influenced by, unless and this also comes into the philosophy I use because there's seven different levels I'm getting a bit confusing here seven different levels of energy that any of us operate from at any given yeah, time yeah I want to ask you about that as well okay so and this again is all scientific it's, you can check it out so you, we've all got two types of energy within us right catabolic and anabolic mm-hmm. catabolic is like a tearing down draining sort of energy right it's the fight or flight response so every time something triggers you you feel fear, you feel whatever, you go into this 
fight or flight response. So that's what happens with all of us as human beings. So our energy will just drop. Our, uh, so from our normal way of feeling, suddenly we feel fearful, we feel uh, frustrated, worried, angry, self-pity, whatever it is, because we go down to these lower levels, which have defined level one in the ter- in the terminology that I use is victim. So it's a victim response. So we will see ourselves as a victim. That's our first sort of port of call when we get triggered by something. So think about it. If someone cuts you up in the traffic, you instantly feel victimized because they, who's, who's, you know, and then the next mm. thing is level two, which is all about conflict. So we will get victim, full victimized, then we'll get angry. So it's a frustration. Mm. So those two level one and level two out of the seven different levels, there are sort of um, catabolic levels. Now, let me try and explain a little bit about these levels. I mean, we're, we're a mixture of them all, catabolic and anabolic, which I'm going to explain in a minute. Yeah. Um, and they fluctuate throughout the day. So everything that happens, all our thoughts, our beliefs, all our experiences influence how we show up energetically. Okay. Anabolic energy is a building up level energy. It's yep. a constructive energy. You've heard about anabolic steroids. It's, it's the same sort of thing. It's a building up thing. The more anabolic energy that any of us have, the more constructive we are, and the more pr- productive we are, and the more happy we are generally, more satisfied, fulfilled in all areas of our life. Those six areas I've previously mentioned. Yeah. So the trick is, is to get more of it and less of the catabolic. Yeah. And the more anabolic we have, the more happier we're going to have, despite whatever's going on in our lives. So it could be the worst situation you're going through in your in life, which is why I work with people through adversity. If you've got the right way of approaching it you'll come through it um, successfully because you've got the right men- the mentality that's best suited to win. I don't like saying right because I don't, there's no right, wrong. Mm. Everything's got its pros and cons. But so anyway, that that's how, that's essentially um, what I do with the clients. I help them understand this philosophy and, and start embedding it into their own lives so that they're using this on a day-to-day basis themselves. Yeah. What, what you find after a period of time is that you become consciously aware of your own energy level as well as the energy levels of other people mm-hmm. and you can influence that in the moment so for instance if i'm feeling a bit stressed about something i'm able to identify a what stressed me out firstly yep. what was it that triggered me and why did it trigger me it gives me the opportunity to go in and say right what level of energy am i mm-hmm. I'm at level two because i'm feeling frustrated what energy do i want to be I want to be a level five because level five is more about seeing opportunities seeing resolutions Okay. That's a men- that's so so what do I need to do to move out of my frustrated way of thinking mm-hmm. but up into that more anabolic mm-hmm. happier sort of right. change my perspective to one that's a level five perspective. And when we know this stuff, learn this stuff, we're able to stop our thoughts, replace them, start taking out an old battery and putting in a new one. And so you're putting in a new thought, a new perspective, which creates the emotion that you want to be feeling, mm. creating the action as well. And yeah. If you know how to do that day and consistently over a period of time, you're always more in control than not. Right. Yeah, I guess that's uh, something I do a lot in my coaching. It's about choice, right? You're choosing. Mm. Not only are you sort of creating a huge self-awareness about, okay, what are my triggers? What's triggered me to feel this way? Why am I reacting yeah. this way? Uh, and but then you're saying I now have a choice how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you choose either whether you can either react to whatever it is that triggers you, or you can respond to it. Mm-hmm. If you're reacting to it, you're going to be reacting from a catabolic level one or level two reaction. And if you're aware of that, you know it's not healthy. It's not going to help you because mm-hmm. whatever you say or do will be 
through the lens of a limiting belief and assumption and interpretation or fear. Mm -hmm. So if you're having an argument with someone, you will react and you'll say something which you won't necessarily, which won't necessarily be accurate. More likely you're going to put yourself in the shit because mm. some you've said something or done something that you shouldn't have. So it's better to take that step back, acknowledge the thought, what you're having, mm -hmm. see it for what it is objectively mm -hmm. without the emotion yeah. and, then, and then change it to something that's going to support the way you want to actually be feeling and, and acting basically ultimately. It's like almost like a, um, a destructive energy then in a way. What is the um, first couple? Like you said, you're going to be yeah, into something, again, and more or less, you're going to make it worse. So it's like coming from a exactly that. Place. Yeah, it's any when as long as you're and you know what I do an assessment with all my clients right at the beginning when I start with them, and what it assesses is our uh, the level of energy we have in a normal situation and under stress as well. And what it shows yeah. is the drop in energy and the difference between the two. Yeah, but it's interesting because they also show uh, what's called an average resonating level. And that's our average resonate across, uh, in any given situation all the time. Mm -hmm. and very few humans um, go above level three on right. an average. You'd be surprised. So we're all resonating generally at a two and a three. Yeah. That's our sort of autopilot mode. Okay. And that is a cause we're driven by the subconscious 90% of the time. Yeah. Plus we're influenced by everything else that's draining us or this yeah. is happening and that's happening and whatever is going on in your life. And it's only when you're consciously aware of what's going on, you know, in that time, you're able to raise that energy, raise that level. Mm. So the more conscious you are of it, the more productive you'll be. And, and does that, again, I'd like to know what the lows, the lows levels are in a sec. Yeah. So we can name what those ones are. But do you, yeah. if you are consciously unsubconsciously going around in level three mm. once you bring that into your consciousness and you then operate at a higher energy level mm. does that then become your subconscious norm well yeah i mean but the thing is i mean we're human beings we're always going to develop new beliefs mm. subconscious ones as well so that means that if, if i'm going through this me up um i'm still going to have that reaction of like that that low level of energy because it's still a belief it's still a core belief mm. um but what i'm doing you don't necessarily have to change your core belief to be aware of it to to, to change it in the moment so you can have that reaction with the core belief mm -hmm. it's a lot of work to replace beliefs you've got to do affirmations you've got to actually believe it for a start yeah 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 and so i think it's just by being aware that you're having an unhelpful belief a limiting belief is good enough to be able to sort of bring yourself to awareness and say to yourself, well, is that really helping me? How true is that? Analyze the, mm. the thought that you're having, mm. you know, how, how true is it that, you know, I'm not good enough to achieve success or whatever it is that you're telling yeah. yourself. Yeah. So that's when we check in with ourselves, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and become more aware of what we're thinking so that we can actually then change it to something that's actually more supportive of how we actually want to be thinking and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the game becomes it comes to choice then because if I've got a set of limiting beliefs, it's always a choice, yeah. and then I create a set of empowering beliefs, mm. I can then decide which ones I want to follow. Totally, totally, yeah. and that's exactly it. That's why. Yeah. That's why. It's so you think about it, we all have that choice. Mm. We all have that choice all the time, mm. under any circumstances. You know, we, we kid us, we tell ourselves we haven't, but the reality is we do. I mean, the world could be falling apart. You still got a choice if you want to be happy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the energy, right? That's that's going back into the victim. If 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 you look always looking for the negative and always look to disempower, exactly, you're going to be looking at 
And the thing is, the more low and level natural, you know, your resin, because we the problem with level one, level two is when we get stuck in those energy levels, it's very hard to see the wood for the tree. So you don't actually know you can't. So if I started coaching someone who's a level one straight mm. from scratch, if I didn't do the work on the energy first, and by that, I mean, help them move out of that level of energy. Yeah. Um, and just ask them questions such as where do you want to see yourself in 10 years or five years or something like that? They look at me blankly. Yeah. Because they're incapable of seeing or visualizing anything other than what they're seeing at the moment, which is mm-hmm. what's wrong with their situation. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's all about re- helping that person see past that level of energy. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to help people take more responsibility for their thoughts and feelings. Stop uh, instead of blaming something or someone or yeah. having guilt, thoughts of guilt or self-pity, you know, reframing your thoughts. Mm-hmm to focus on something that makes you feel better about yourself rather than a victim or, you yeah, know. Come back to that word disempowering again. I mean, it's so disempowering. Is it? If you're always giving some something else responsibility for your life, that's com- you're just out of your control, right? You're giving Absolutely. all control to something else. Mm. And, and, and I think, again, it comes back to my story. I mean, it was so easy to focus outward at what was restricting me in life, but what ultimately saved me was the ability to focus more inward, not outward. Mm. Because if I only focus on the things in life that held me back, how likely is it that I'm going to find a way to move forward past those things? That's almost certainly not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what are are the seven levels of energy? Yeah, I've just pulled out a thing here. So I'll read it. I'll give you, without going on forever, level one is um, core thought is defined by victim. Yeah. And the emotion is apathy sort of thing. It's it's like you just non-plus. naturally when you feel that way you don't do much mm-hmm. you just like stick in your comfort zone and don't really move forward yeah level two you're looking at conflict as a core thought a core emotion is anger right. and obviously when you're in that sort of mindset as well you just like defiant you just don't you know you're looking for confrontation mm-hmm. mm-hmm. level three is more about responsibility it's got forgiveness cooperation level four is more about empathy it's more about concern it's about giving back service compassion okay. that sort of stuff yeah. level five more re- reconciliation opportunity um peace acceptance or win-win situation so everybody wins right you know so it's looking at things in that perspective yeah. that's probably my go-to level if i'm honest with me personally okay. and level six I'm probably for everybody we get well i would imagine so yeah yeah, yeah i would imagine so and level six is more about synthesis joy and wisdom it's connecting to each other and 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 lastly but certainly not leastly it is level seven non-judgment you're totally at peace with everything okay. connected to the world around you total yeah. passion creation but the thing is the truth of the matter is we rarely touch those two levels those two top levels you know, it's that moment of joy when your first kid's born or 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 when you've gone to a football match and the team scores in the last minute. Those, they're the, those are the moments when you just have that complete feeling of connection to everything and everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And you feel amazing. Wow. But we don't live in that mindset oh, no. <laughs> as much as we could. We probably will when we die because then we go to another level of consciousness. <laughs> but in human form, we live in those one to five levels pretty much most of the day. Yeah touch on those levels in sixes and seven maybe when we hear a good tune on the on the radio or something yeah yeah that level seven energy for about 
10 seconds or whatever it is. What about like when I go clubbing and stuff and I'm dancing for two or three hours? I guess it's, 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 it's every other kind of tune is a great, is a banger. And yeah, exactly that. <laughs> if that's what you're passionate about, and I'm the same, I used to go clubbing all my time. All I'm going to um, Saturday actually, uh, tomorrow, but um, but yeah, exactly that. That emotional feeling of connection to everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear every bit of that tune and it just makes you buzz and yeah, all of that. Yeah. So those are the moments in life where we check in with our higher self, basically. And so the other times, t- most of the other time, we're just operating in those lower levels of energy where we're we're just um, managing our lives, really, settling for our mm-hmm. lives, not really creating our lives. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's those moments of genius and wisdom when when you when we when we do find ourselves in those higher levels of energy that. That's when we have our great ideas. That's when we have our breakthrough moments and stuff that where we which really take us to that next level in life. Mm-hmm. So really learning how to crack into those two top levels more consistently on a regular basis and more consciously yeah. gives you the ability to unlock doors that you never knew knew even existed in your life. Really? And that's the beauty of this stuff. It really yeah. does work. Definitely. I go like you said, <clears throat> you only need to be there for 10 minutes and and hopefully that's going to make such an impact that you can come away with something wonderful to take away and then kind that's of it. move forward with. I do it. I, I mean, I, I my go-to sort of to get into that level, so I go down the gym. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love, do the same as you. I love music as well. Yeah. Um, I love my music and I love the gym. So if I'm in there um, in my own little mind, that's me. It's sort of like a meditation, I suppose. I, I shut out the world, all yeah. the thoughts and everything that might be going on in my life. And focus on that moment and 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 that's all that happens my energy rises i feel great i feel in, and, and all of a sudden i have ideas yeah. <laughs> and my mind is full of ideas genius ideas so i get have to type writing everything down on my phone ah oh, that's a good idea and so yeah. and then uh but i have to do it because my member the time i walk out i'll probably forget about oh, God. it <laughs> now that's the key you see this is why it, it sounds great this stuff and it really is the reason why people hire guys like me as coaching is because it's not easy just to learn it and do it and walk off and do it without any sort of accountability. It's yeah. pretty hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do it consistently. Yeah. No point dipping your toe in and out. You've got to do it consistently. That's what I help the people do. I help them learn it first and then start putting it into practice day on day. Out. And over a period of time, the, the results are unbelievable. They really are. Awesome. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So then let's come to your personal story <laughs> yeah. uh, as i mentioned in the introduction you spent six years in prison for yeah. one you didn't commit and some, some really long-term <clears throat> on your relationships well it wiped my relationships out pretty much i mean so yeah let me tell it in a nutshell i mean without going through the whole thing basically i was given a life sentence in prison for something i didn't do mm-hmm. it's called an ipp sentence essentially what that means is indeterminate public protection so Without on the surface, it's easy to see me as a victim of injustice because I was, I was, you know, I'd got convicted and didn't do. But there is more to the story. And essentially, you you touched on at the start, you why why that experience led into this, and this is why. When I first started, uh, sorry, when I was a kid, um, I left school probably about fifteen. When I was around that age, I was badly bullied, and I got into a gang on leaving school. Yeah. which was a football game. Okay. And um I was, I went off in the off the rails on a big way. I come from a very good background. My family were very loving and I had a close knit family and so on. Um so it wasn't like I had a bad upbringing. But 
because of the bullying I, I i i needed a sense of connection i needed somewhere to fit in and i found that in this gang at football and and that gave me was that kind of a sense of protection as well it was sort of yeah it was part of like but more because uh, i didn't have the like you know most kids grow up at school they go out after school and they hang out with their mates mm. i didn't have that wow. i was i went to school outside of the area so i was also devoid of having that connection with local friend groups okay. i had friends but not groups of friends yeah. so that was the first sort of real experience i had of a group of friends and i started socializing more with these lads who used to knock around in a council estate no i, I was i was, I'd come from a middle class background right. um and a, you know nice house and all of that so i was this middle class kid hanging around on council stays. Yeah. So, so that's how, but I was, my, my, that's how I was. I didn't hang around with all the, the, the sort of posh kids, so to think. Yeah. So I felt more accepted there for some reason. Yeah. And so I sort of adapted into that sort of way of like living and going out weekends, doing drugs, doing all the things that I shouldn't have been doing probably. And then, um, but as, as, as time's gone on, I wanted to sort of be, sort of make a name for myself in the gang. Okay. So I was I was probably very arrogant. I wasn't a nice person back then. I was taking a lot of drugs. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done in that period. So anyway, fast forward on, after about 10 years of that involvement, in time, I was involved with the police and so on, um, been to prison for, for small things, nothing major, but back then. Yeah. And then um, when about the age of 25, I moved away from all of that. Started going clubbing, funny enough. Okay. So my life moved away from the football and more into dancing and going out at weekends and so on. Um, so on the surface, I sorted myself out and like my life was all right. But then what happened was <clears throat> because um, I've been in, oh, well, I'll come back to that. I went, I was working for a car dealership mm -hmm. and um, it was their work Christmas party. I was doing very well work wise and, but there was a lot of pressure, a lot of stress and, I wasn't managing it very well. I was living an unhealthy sort of lifestyle. I was going out partying all the time. I was still, I was going to work straight from clubs and things like that, which was, yeah. yeah. And so I was not really healthy in that sense. Um, and it was natural that after there was going to be a meltdown at some point, mm -hmm. I was pushing myself so bad. I was working 12 hour days, seven days a week, going out and partying at the same time. Yeah. So I wasn't really living a very healthy lifestyle. No. And then what happened was, uh, over a period of time well <clears throat> it was the work christmas party and um i went to this party was really stressed out got drunk and there was a fight but it wasn't nothing to do with me it was no i wasn't involved um there was it was between a, a young lady who used to work for our work branch because we had two branches in mm -hmm. these two i should have said that the rival branch and my branch were at the same do right some bright spot set up i don't yeah. know well that was a great idea it wasn't a good idea yeah. but they did and, and and anyway there was a lot of like anxiety uh, and animosity during the night between the two groups long story short the young lady who was working for us ended up getting attacked by four guys who worked for this other place mm -hmm. they beat him up police got called my girlfriend and his girlfriend got involved and they've turned on my girlfriend and attacked her right I happened to be called out. I've got involved myself. I started arguing. I was aggressive. I admit that. But they, it was me who got attacked by these four guys. And I got put in hospital. I had a broken arm. I had a broken rib. Um, my head was like a balloon. I was on, I was um, a concussion for two weeks. Wow. So I was in a very bad state. The guy who I was, I was accused of attacking went to work the next morning. 
yeah, I was supposed to have tried to kill this guy. He had oh. nothing wrong with him and he went to work the next day. So anyway, they've tried, they've, they've basically said I tried to attack this guy and so on. Arrested me and I got arrested. Uh, it wasn't at the scene. It was, I got arrested about, well, it was at the scene. They took me to hospital, but then I got charged three months later because there was no evidence. Right. What they were trying to do is make a case against me because of my previous. Right. So I got convicted of it and, um, Everyone was shocked because obviously everyone expected me to walk out because I hadn't done it. So mm. it was a big shock. But when I look back on it, when I reflect upon it now, at the time, obviously, I saw myself as the victim. But later on, once I got to prison, I started re- uh, looking at the situation for what it was. I realised that I had to take responsibility in some way for that. It was my actions that put me in that situation. And I d- those beliefs, those attitudes that I developed as a youngster hadn't changed. Right. I had them all my life. Yeah. So the moment I got triggered and that I worked it out when I got to prison, I did courses. I worked out what the belief was that was triggering me. And it was, if someone attacks you or is bullying you or is rude to you or nasty or anything like that, the way to deal with that is through aggression, through violence. So I created that belief. And every time throughout my life, any I ever perceived someone to be bullying me or, you know, insulting me or what, someone I cared about, a girlfriend or something, yeah. I would react. Yeah. And it wasn't until I changed that belief that things changed for me, because what I did is I changed the belief to a more pro-social one, which is something more along the lines of if someone's bullying you, all it shows is whatever they're doing or saying is more about them than it is you, and you shouldn't take it personally. Yeah. That's essentially what I tell myself now. So you don't get angry. You don't get frustrated anymore. You know? So it's as simple as changing the belief that triggers you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you've got to know what that is. So, um, so yeah, so that that's what happened. I got life um, an IPP with no release date. Everybody told me that I was never going to be released from prison, right. and to get that out of my head. Thankfully, I didn't believe that. Also, comes down to the DBA process, desire, um, belief, and accept. That's called, by the way. Yeah. And um, so yeah, and 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 you create that belief system, and everything that happens the way you want it to. This is exactly what happened when I was in prison, you see, but not to the extent I thought. About two years into the sentence, um, I found out my mum was ill. Um, she had cancer. Right. Within two weeks, she had she'd gone. Okay. Um, I had to arrange all the funerals myself. Um, three months later, my dad died while I was on the phone to him. Just chatting to him on the phone, and he just oh. dropped down dead. My granddad died four months later, <laughs> and then all in all, in one, you got to laugh because it's crazy. It's in ten months. I lost 33 people, animals and things, such as my family home, that I loved. Wow, 33. That's my life. It was just wiped away. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And so I was in a situation where I had nothing, literally. Mm. Uh, I was in a cell. I was 23 hours a day in that cell. Um, When my mum died, it's funny. Anyone who likes animals will not recognise it. My cat, I I loved animals. Mm Mm-hmm. I phoned my dad to find out about my mum and the day before she, my mum went, my cat died as well. And it was just like, what more could happen? (laughs) So yeah, it was like that. But the cherry on the cake came at the end of it all, uh, at the end of that first year, I should say, um, when I found out my girl, ex-girlfriend was now with my best friend. And uh, I ended up having a bit, it was like a bit bit of a breakdown, I suppose, because all that pent up emotion just came floating out. Yeah, for everything. I took an, I, yeah, exactly. I took an overdose, tried to kill myself. Okay. 
Um, and that was like sort of my turning point. And after that point, I sort of made a pact with myself not to be a victim again and to sort of take responsibility for my thoughts, feelings and emotions and mm. get the heck out of prison. Wow. And um, it wasn't easy. It took time. But slowly, bit by bit, day by day, I started getting healthier, fitter. Like I was going to the gym. I was studying. Yeah. I was doing a psychology degree. Okay. I was working, teaching kids, doing um, critical reasoning skills in, in, in the education department. Right. mentoring kids so bit by bit i started feeling better about myself and more mm. at peace and it was only when i got out of jail it was at, um i think it was four years after i lost my family that i found coaching you know and i i just it, that was a year after and i've been drifting for a little while mm. not really know which way to go mm. in terms of direction and it sort of happened by chance i was so low in myself i thought i need to do something here um and so I just went for it with the coaching and I, I enrolled, um, not having any idea where it would lead. Yeah. In terms of um what I was I didn't even really know what a coach did. Yeah. Uh, and best thing I ever did. Yeah, I guess like you said, that someone someone yeah. said you'd be suited to this, you did you'd lived that experience, hadn't you? Uh, was it was it something to do with your own change then i guess you hit such a rock bottom that it came to wanting to take your own life that you decided to change things for yourself is is that how you got out in the end because you started to take responsibility sort of, yeah ironically um what they said to me the parole board because i did i didn't expect to get out right. i had knowing i had no idea see one of the when i do a, a keynote talk now called life in a container because basically my philosophy is in there was that instead of focusing on what contains you Mm -hmm. focus on what you can do within your container because the reality is is we're all in some kind of container in life be it your home your car your work your your prison the area you live in covid whatever it is so if we can already live in all of these different containers now what what difference is another container Mm. so that's my philosophy so i stopped focusing on the container i stopped thinking about getting out and i did day by day stuff and i got to the point where i wasn't even bothered if i didn't get out I had no desire to get out. I was happy in there. Okay. I had friends. I got on with everybody. I was working. I didn't, you know, need for anything, you know. So I sort of cut off from the outside world. So when it came, when they gave me the pro, they said to me, look, Mark, we're going to let you out because we think that from what we've heard, it's blown us away the way you've dealt with it because you've not had like, could have gone mental and started trying to kill people and things like Mm. that. But, you know, I didn't. I had my ups and downs, of course, but... Well, you tell uh, you pretty much on a normal sort of key. I dealt with it in a in a productive sort of way. Yeah. And so anyway, so they said, look, we're we're convinced that you can deal with anything out there. So they let me out since, yeah, um, to, 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 on the six years. Uh, and uh, it's ironic now that I'm now going back to the same prison, doing workshops, training their staff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy world. I'm joking. In, in, uh, not joking. In September, I'm booked to go back there and do a workshop. Well, I guess school. that's 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 going to happen, isn't it? Because it's know, crazy. You know what people need in that environment. Yeah, yeah. But how things go, swings and roundabouts. You know, who'd have thought? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, that massive loss. I mean, this, like you said, the, I mean, thirty-three things is. I mean, it's just such a huge amount of losses to. It's unbelievable. Come to terms with as well as loss of your freedom and everything else. Yeah, people forget that. You know, mm-hmm. people don't look at that because I think I think when COVID happened, I was actually probably out of everybody, probably the most relaxed person yeah. about it because <laughs> it was nothing for me. Yeah, in terms of 
you know, losing your freedom. But majority, it made me realise from my friends' reactions how much your freedom matters. Mm-hmm. And I'd already learnt that lesson from the prison experience, but now people out here were learning it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like even just not being able to go to the pub or the gym or the shops, you know. But in my case, it wasn't even able to do that. I, I was in a cell and I couldn't go anywhere, literally. And so, yeah, you learn quickly. You, you sort of eventually you created a sort of sense of freedom in your own mind, didn't you? By you have to not being contained. You have to. I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. You have to be more inward. So. Otherwise, you would go stir crazy, and a lot of people do go crazy, mm. um, or they take drugs and things like that. Yeah, to get out of their heads. Yeah, that's the way they're at. The, they manage it, but you know, you know. Luckily, that's a lot outside, just not inside, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. What happens in a world in the world. It's the same everywhere, and it's the same as most of us trying to block something out. It's much better, more productive to face it and deal with it, and then mm. move forward from it. That's mm. yes, definitely. Thank, thanks for sharing the story. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's very um, inspiring, really. I'm not sure. I, I know I've talked to people about these kinds of things before, and they go, oh, don't call me inspiring. But it is very <laughs> inspiring that not only did you reach such a level that you were able to go, actually, I need to now be responsible for how I feel and what's going on in my own head and everything, and turned that around. But it led to you getting your freedom back, and it's also led you now to be in helping people to do... do- know- it is ironic i mean it's how life works and funny enough before i went all these little signs are around i'm quite spiritual right Mm -hmm. there's so many little signs before i went and and when you think back over it you think bloody hell because i remember about a year or two before i even went to prison i was messing around on facebook and i said you know you got your work employment i put life coach okay and i think i don't know why Okay. I think it's my, I've got a silly sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's the sort of thing I would do, a silly sense of humour. But I didn't know what a life coach was. And another thing that was really odd, which anyone spiritual watching this will sort of think, bloody hell. I was sent to prison on the 11th of the 11th, 2011, at 11am 11 in the morning. <laughs> How weird is that? That is, that is pretty... Uh... That is weird, isn't it? Yeah. So all of that, you know, 11, 11, 11, 11, men are mean, new beginnings. Oh, right, okay. That's when it starts. <laughs> that, was a complete, that was a completely new beginning, wasn't it? A stream. <laughs> and in, in Loki, like, I mean, you could see that was the beginning of the end, but it was actually was the beginning of a complete life yeah. change. Well, exactly. It was a complete change of life. And, uh, you know, this is the irony. I mean, like, you, you listen, of course I'd have my family back in 10 seconds if I had that option. Mm. But um, but you, you can choose to look at adversity and challenge and difficulty in, in, any, in different ways. You can be a victim to it. You can spend your life feeling sorry for yourself and blaming the world. And, you know, there's plenty of us who are genuine victims of violence or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. And like but you said, you, you were spend... a victim of a miscarriage of justice yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we can spend our days focusing on that or we can spend our time focusing on what can I learn from it? How's this helping me? You know, even just recently when we're going through difficulties, cost of living, and the, you know, there's tough times and I'm like, what is this session? What is this actually teaching me? Because as much as we don't like going through hardship, mm. if we can look for that golden nugget whilst going through that hardship, mm. we're winning. And then you're learning and you're growing and you're coming through it because that's how yeah. life works. It gives you the crap to teach you to, to make you better, stronger, more resilient, so that you can then go to another level. Yeah. Someone said to me once, and this completely changed it when I remember to do it, obviously. You win some, you learn some. 
<laughs> exactly. And I was like, you know, that makes so much sense. It's right. If you say you win some, you lose some again, depending on how your mentality is. Yeah. But actually, I won that one. Again, you take something from some learning from the things that you win, but not as much as when you don't win. No, um, you're right. It's about saying, okay, that one didn't quite go according to plan. What did I learn from that that I can take forward mm. rather than I've lost now and kind of given up and everything else? Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you look back at all the most successful people, everybody's lost it countless times. Before yeah, it's like someone said to me, do you think, yeah. do you think win like, windows one was the first thing that hit the market right it's, exactly. it, things don't work and then it's if a- we all just give up every time the wheels come off mm. we're never going to move forward you know we're just going to sit still crying and feeling sorry for ourselves because we've got no wheels yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get up you put the wheels back on you keep going yeah, yeah. And that's what happens and so you've got to you've got to have that sort of and that's where the resilience comes in because we don't start life resilient you learn resilience mm. it's something that happens through hardship mm. And difficulty yeah um and if we're able to embrace that way of seeing things and, and, and see adversity and challenge and difficulty as something that's actually positive mm. as much as it's hard to go through it's still positive then we change our whole way of managing it whilst going through it mm. and i mean think about it i mean how many times we've we been through crap in our lives only to look back at it and go well you know what mm. i'm glad that happened because it taught me a lot mm. you know yeah, we can do that in the moment whilst going through the crap, though, wouldn't that be? <laughs> I like you said. That's about being very mindful and changing your energy and. Got to be, isn't it? You've got to be focused on what you're going space yeah. rather than the uh, allowing it to drag you down. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. It. Um, thanks very much, Mark. I'm afraid we are going to be running out of time soon. Go on. <laughs> if people want to reach out, if they want to book you as a speaker, even yeah, um, how how do they get in touch? Okay, so. Um, I'm getting a new website at the moment, so I haven't got a website up at the moment, but it will be up soon again. But in the meantime, LinkedIn and Facebook is where I mainly can be found. Mm-hmm. You can contact me. I've also got a YouTube channel. I do a YouTube pod- a podcast called To Hell and Back, and then some. Okay. So if anyone's interested on in being in that as well, and you can come on as well. But it's for people who have been through some sort of um, challenge or adversity and are now turning their lives around, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what that's about. Um, or you can contact me directly, email, or give me a call, DM me. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and all of that as well. So. Great. So if you want to reach out to Mark, um, we've got all of his contact details, and they'll be in the show notes. So just uh, uh, do reach out. Um, fascinating conversation. A very interesting guy. Very, I'm a great pleasure talking to you. Been a pleasure Before we disappear, uh, can you uh, leave the listeners with your favourite quote or some words of yeah, the Winston Churchill one. If you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> it always springs to mind. I mean, that when I was saying to you just before, but yeah, it's, it's 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 there's lots of great quotes, but that's the one that I've always used when I'm going through hell. Mm. <laughs> oh, been going. Yes, that is a, a, a that's a very key resilient type quote, isn't it? It is. Yeah. You know, just keep going. Doesn't matter what's happening. Just keep going and try and learn something on the way as well. Yeah, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? <laughs> While I'm going, through, at least I'm going to take something of this with me to see what, what I can do about it, to maybe stop it from happening again. Exactly that. Yeah. 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 Awesome, Mark. Thanks for your time. Absolute My pleasure. Talking to you, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Top man. See you soon. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life.
I will leave you with this quote from Colbard. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.